This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, May 27, 2014. I'm Caleb Brown. European Union elections have presided over the rise of authoritarian parties, in some cases securing unprecedented numbers of seats. Matthew Feeney, a policy analyst at the Cato Institute, breaks down the results from last week. Broadly speaking, uh, what can we say with confidence about the various factions that have performed well in EU elections in the last week? Well, we can say a number of different things. The most important being that the success of authoritarian anti-immigrant parties suggests that many people across uh, different countries in the EU are upset about the EU establishment and the way it's been treating them. Uh, that's one thing to say about uh, parties like UKIP and the French National Front and uh, Jobbik in Hungary. But there's also something to be said about the fact that uh, the far left has done very well, and perhaps most notably in Greece, where, uh, as listeners will be aware, there's been a huge sovereign debt crisis and there's been economic hardship. And uh, some people have turned to the left as their saviors here. They think uh, growth in government will be the answer rather than austerity in markets. So we're talking about broadly, though, authoritarian parties that uh, that want to place more in the hands of the government. Yeah, uh, the the barometer suggests in Europe that people like big government, whether it's for nationalist reasons or for economic reasons. Okay, so which parties specifically have made gains, and what are their uh, major gripes with how things have been? Well, I think uh, a party worth speaking about would be the United Kingdom in- Independence Party, which is uh, called UKIP. Uh, this is a party that ironically describes itself uh, or has described itself in the past as libertarian. And it might seem uh, at first glances that this is true in the sense that they are fans of flat taxes and less regulation, and they have a very good pro-trade rhetoric. However, they're anti-immigrant, and they, well, let's put it a better way. They are not fans of increased immigration, and they do not, and they want to increase defense spending, and they're fine with the NHS healthcare status quo for the most part. And they have, uh, they topped the poll in the most recent elections, which means that they were the party that had the most seats. Uh, they have 24 of the British 73 seats in Parliament. Uh, and this is the first time in over 100 years that a party that was not either Conservative or Labour topped a national poll in the UK. What do you suspect that means? I suspect uh, this is indicative uh, or suggests that the British are not happy with their relationship with the EU. Uh, and I think actually in, in the British context, it's a signal to the Conservatives that they need to get a grip with the with uh, the British relationship with Europe. David Cameron, the prime minister, has promised if I'm re-elected as prime minister next year, there will be a referendum on the British membership of the EU by 2017. And to a lot of British people, this is not good enough. There's increased frustration with uh, regulations and burdens and the EU's immigration policies, and they want to say in their relationship with Brussels. In France, we have the French National Party, which is a authoritarian, anti-immigration, Eurosceptic, anti-EU party. Uh, they're not fans of the globalization or multiculturalism or any of uh, the modern 21st century well, how to put it, uh, any of the what you would hope would be considered benefits that the EU brings. Uh, they, in 2009, got six, around 6% of the vote. And in last week's election, they got close to 25% of the vote. And it's the best performance they've had in their four-decade-long history. 
Uh, tell me about the Danish People's Party. Well, the Danish People's Party is a nationalist party that won about 27% of the vote in Denmark, and it doubled the number of MEPs, and it was the best-performing Danish party, uh, which shows that it's not just a uh, British or a uh, French phenomenon. There's also Scandinavian countries. Uh, something else that I think is uh, worth noting is perhaps the most worrying of these uh, parties, as far as nationalism is concerned, is uh, Jobbik, which is a Hungarian party who, you know, these are essentially neo-fascist anti-Semites. Uh, they did, uh, you know, are still doing very well, and last elections showed that. You also have, in Greece, a party called Golden Dawn, who are uh, like Jobbik, neo-fascist, anti-Semitic, uh, have very, very worrying connections to hooliganism and violence, and they increase the number of MEPs that they're going to be sending to Brussels and the European Parliament as well. Uh, with respect to the European Parliament, that's not a body that has a great deal of authority. Well, so this is the interesting thing. Uh, listeners might think because the word parliament is involved that it has power over initiating legislation and proposing laws. Uh, it actually doesn't. Uh, so despite the fact that it's an elected body, uh, the people who sit there only have power to amend uh, legislation that's already been put forward by the unelected European Commission. So it's a very strange sort of parliament. Uh, that said, uh, thanks to the Lisbon Treaty that came into effect in 2009, they do have a bit more power and authority. Uh, and perhaps most interestingly uh, in the future, they're going to be the ones uh, grappling with the US-EU free trade agreement that is currently being negotiated. And any free trade uh, agreement is going to be tough to hash out when you have neo-fascists and far-left parties involved. If it's the bad news that uh, authoritarian parties are, are making these large gains uh, in various uh, EU countries, what's the good news? I suppose looking at the results, it's good news that uh, large countries in Europe that have significant populations such as Italy, Spain, and Germany have not uh, lurched towards the authoritarian, uh, what would be called the authoritarian right, or to the far-left. Uh, that said, it's still the pro-EU uh, establishment and power, but they are not nearly as worrying as the groups that we saw um, celebrating last week. Matthew Feeney is a policy analyst at the Cato Institute. You can read more of his work at Cato.org.